Indy Left, what is happening here? To check out independentleft.news. The Indy News Network. Indy Left News. Oh, hey, Indy Left. Independentleft.news. Great work. Indy Left News. The Independent Left. No, yeah. you know what we're doing? We're world building indie. Uh, indie. Indie left news. You were doing uh, the INN recruiting. Indie news. Independent left news. Shout out to independent left news. Check out independent left news. At Kennedy News. I see indies in the chat. Hi, Indy. Okay, great. Bye. <laughs> I love that, everyone. Okay, great. Bye. Hi. Um, that's really funny. Shout, shout out to Savvy Sav. She actually did one of those tonight again. Like almost just like that. But now it actually has the new thing that says Indy instead of the the Bong Father. Um, yeah. Hi, everybody. It's Sunday night. It's 10 o'clock. It's Indy and Reef over here. It's, oh, it's us big. How do we miss that? Okay. And we got some live chat up. This is view number two for the okay. two shot. There you go. There's a little behind the scenes baseball. Uh, okay, so holy shit, there is a ton going on. We are, we are completely um, fucked. Um, We're fucked. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, everybody heard that. And the desktop audio is turned on. Good, good. We're just checking. I heard it. Yay! Reef even heard it. All right, so um, we are still in content jail on YouTube for INN. So. <clears throat> Thank you for everyone who's hanging out here over on the Indie Left Media YouTube channel. Uh, YouTube.com slash News. even though we're moving over towards a media environment, but we're still News. So, we have got a hell of a show. We got a bunch of Assange stuff again. We're going to, they're gaslighting Assange and supporters again. It's insane. It was Press Freedom Week, so it was they turned it up extra heavy, and Misty warned us about that. So we're gonna get to some of that. Yep. I see we've got <clears throat> good good chat fam already here. Um, yeah. Uh, so let me take a little sip here and do my spiel. Mm. Make sure it's to, as man? audible <laughs> and as loud as possible in people's ears so that they get nice. the full indie experience. I don't think everybody can hear that. You can just swallow really the mic, hard. The mic, you know what? When I listen to the podcast. I never hear those sips, and I know when I stop to take those pause breaks. So I don't think they actually go through. <laughs> I, I, think you set I the occasionally audio catch them. You set the audio filter well enough. So anyway, um, yeah. that's our technical director over there, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that in a second, but... Welcome, everybody, to How Do We Miss That? How Do We Miss That? It's a show featuring articles written by independent journalists who expose corruption, cover workers organizing and workers being exploited, and environmental crises while challenging corporate narratives and establishment narratives and talking points. Um, new episodes stream live Sunday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, Rockfin, Substack, Substack, woohoo, Facebook, Telegram channels. Podcasts usually published within a couple days on Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, more. Go over there. Give us a five-star rating if you can. Co-host, that's me. I am Indy. I am the founder and editor of the Indie Media Today Substack and the Indie Media Awards. 
um, and Indies Tech Tips exclusively. Ex thank you, exclusively on Rumble. Um, Reef Reeland, this guy who just hit that button, he is INN's technical director, and he is the creator and co-host of INN News with Care Bear Colin Radix Carter, who's not here tonight and not on this show, Yay. but he's he's an INN founding member and one of our boys, and he's on INN News every Wednesday night. Go check out INN News for sure, and loves Colin. We hosted should be INN one on News. this channel last week. Yeah, we hosted INN News this week, and we're going to be hosting INN News on Wednesday night as well. Um, both of us, by the way, are co-founders of INN, Indie News Network, which is a collaborative family of independent content creators. You can find all of our channels at IndieNews.network. Please make sure, share the link, like the stream, subscribe to our channel on all the platforms where you watch and listen. We are literally like almost everywhere except on YouTube for INN this week. Thank you so much. Yeah, YouTube for that. Um, so, holy crap, we have got a hell of a show for everyone. Let's go into slideshow mode. Ah, it worked. Okay, so of course, our shout out to Big Man Crab for the thumbnail, always coming through the day before. I send him the the links and everything we're going to cover, and he comes out with wizardry. So just to break it down, mm -hmm. we're going to talk a lot about Assange. We're going to talk a little bit about NATO. And we're going to talk about what the hell is going on at McDonald's across the country, which I know some people have talked about. But I want to, there's a couple of reasons why I want to talk about it. But we're going to get to that later. First, we're going to get to Assange coverage because it was World Press Freedom Day. And wow, did... The corporate press and U.S. government go all out to gaslight the entire world um, about just yeah, how do. much they believe in press freedom. And holy shit. So Chris Hedges wrote an article that I can actually read because it's not a mile long. Oh, my God. Love you, Chris Hedges. But your articles what? are way too long to read on the, on the show usually. So I figured let's do that. Let's let's read an article, and it is actually an exclusive article that he wrote for Sheer Post, which is an indie media award honoree. Go sign up and please support Sheer Post. Please support Chris Hedges at his Substack because he has been independent and he'd like to keep doing this. I have his little plea at the end. So, quote. The detention and persecution of Julian Assange eviscerates all pretense of the rule of law and the rights of a free press. The illegalities embraced by the Ecuadorian, British, Swedish, and U.S. governments are ominous. They presage a world where the internal workings, abuses, corruption, lies, and crimes, especially war crimes, carried out by corporate states and the global ruling elite will be masked from the public. They presage a world where those with the courage and integrity to expose the misuse of power will be hunted down, tortured, subjected to sham trials and given lifetime prison terms in solitary confinement. They presage an Orwellian dystopia where news is replaced with propaganda, trivia, and entertainment. The legal lynching of Julian, I fear, marks the official beginning of the corporate totalitarianism that will define our lives. C.J. Hopkins, by the way, also talks a lot about totalitarianism. Under what law did Ecuadorian yep. President Lenin Moreno preciously terminate Julian's rights of asylum as a political refugee? Under what law did Moreno authorize British police to enter the Ecuadorian embassy, diplomatically sanction sovereign territory, to arrest a naturalized citizen of Ecuador? 
Under what law did Donald Trump criminalize journalism and demand the extradition of Julian, who's not a U.S. citizen and whose news organization is not based in the United States? Under what law did the CIA violate attorney-client privilege, surveil and record all of Julian's conversations, both digital and verbal, with his lawyers and plot to kidnap him from the embassy and assassinate him? The corporate state eviscerates enshrined rights by judicial fiat. This is how we have the right to privacy with no privacy. This is how we have free elections funded by corporate money, covered by compliant corporate media under iron corporate control. Oh, God, I love this guy. This is how we have a legislative process in which corporate lobbyists write the legislation and corporate indentured politicians vote it into law. I don't think you've seen anything like that. Have you, Reeve? Mm -mm. No. No, we would never. No. This is how we have the right to due process with no due process. This is how we have a government whose fundamental responsibility is to protect citizens that orders and carries out the assassination of its own citizens, such as the Muslim cleric Anwar, Anwar al-Awlaki and his 16-year-old son. That was Obama, by the way, that did that. Not Trump, not Biden, not Republican. The hero, Joe, you know, Barack Obama. He ordered that drone bombing. This is how we have a free press. Yes, that's that guy. But this is how we have a free press, which is legally permitted to publish classified information and our generation's most important publisher sitting in solitary confinement in a high security prison awaiting extradition to the United States. Yep. The psychological torture of Julian, documented by the UN Special Rapporteur on Torture, Nils Melzer, and he wrote a book about it, mirrors the breaking of the dissent, the dissident Winston Smith and George Orwell's novel 1984. The Gestapo broke bones. The East German Stasi broke souls. We, too, have refined the cruder forms of torture to destroy souls as well as bodies. It's more effective. This is what they're doing to Julian, steadily degrading his physical and psychological health. It is a slow-motion execution, and this is by design. He's already had a stroke. We don't even know how many. Yep. We haven't heard his voice in how many years? I mean, we don't even know. But, Indy, there was a letter. Well, we're going to get to that letter, too. We're going to read that, too, tonight. But Julian has yep. spent much of his time in isolation is often heavily sedated and has been deemed medical treatment, uh, denied medical treatment for a variety of physical ailments. He's routinely denied access to his lawyers. He's lost a lot of weight, suffered a minor stroke, spent time in prison hospital wing, which, prison, which prisoners call the hell wing because he is suicidal, been placed on prolonged solitary confinement, observed banging his head against the wall and hallucinating. Oh, God. Our version of Orwell's dreaded Room 101. Julian was marked for elimination by the CIA once he and WikiLeaks published the documents known as Vault 7, which exposed the CIA's cyber warfare arsenal, which dozens of viruses, Trojans, and malware remote control systems designed to exploit a wide range of U.S. and European company products, including Apple's iPhone, Google's Android, Microsoft's Windows, and even Samsung's smart TVs, which can be turned into covert microphones even when they appear to be switched off. Yes, this was in the Vault 7 leaks. Yeah. 
I spent two decades as a foreign correspondent. Again, this is Chris Hedges. I saw how the brutal tools of repression are tested on those France Fanon called the wretched of the earth. From its inception, the CIA carried out assassinations, coup, torture, black propaganda campaigns, blackmail, and illegal spying and abuse, including of U.S. citizens, activities exposed in, the 19, in 1975 by the Church Committee hearings in the Senate and the Pike Committee hearings in the House. All these crimes, especially after the attacks of 9-11, <clears throat> have returned with a vengeance. CIA have its own armed units and drone program, the death squads, and a vast archipelago of global black sites where kidnapped victims are tortured and disappear. They also own InQtel, which I'm guessing he's going to get to here. The U.S. allocates a secret yeah. black budget of about $50 billion a year to hide multiple types of clandestine projects carried out by the National Security Agency, the CIA, and other intelligence agencies usually beyond the scrutiny of consorting. Wait, I missed that. You scrutiny of mm -hmm. Congress. I don't know. You were I think right. I missed of consorting with known torturers and consorting with known torturers. Oh, the scrutiny of uh, known torturers and international terrorists. It feels weird, but fear the puppet masters, yep. not the puppets. They are the enemy within. This is the fight Hugh for Metallica a fight. Song? Yeah. I'm, I just got all weird out there. Sorry. I had a brain freeze. This mm -hmm. is a fight for Julian, whom I know and admire. That's Chris again, but also I admire deeply. It's a fight for his family who are working tirelessly for his release. It's a fight for the rule of law. It's a fight for the freedom of the press. And it's a fight to save what's left of our diminishing democracy, whatever that means. And it's a fight we must not lose. And Sheer Post is begging you that there is now no way left for me to continue to write a weekly column for Shearpost, this is from Chris, and produce my weekly television show without your help. The walls are closing in, starting with rapidity on independent journalism, with the elites, including the Democratic Party elites, clamoring for more and more censorship. Bob Shear, who runs Shearpost on a shoestring budget, and I will not waver at our commitment to independent and honest journalism, and we will never put Shearpost behind a paywall, or just a subscription for it, Sell your data or accept advertising. So please, if you can sign up at chrishedges.substack.com, that's one way to do it. So he can continue to post his weekly, now weekly Monday column on Sheer Post and produce his weekly television show, The Chris, the Chris Hedges Report. He's a legend. He's one of the best we've got. He's incredibly doomerish, I know. And it's it's a grim way to start. Sorry for that, but... Get some merch, everybody. <laughs> um, right. But we've got, we got a bunch. We we got a bunch more Julian stories along this this track. Julian, let me let me say for our Trailer Park Boys fans, Julian. And let's go over Julian. to this view for the next one, which is the gaslighting of Assange, which we see. And this was out of a publication that we used to cover a lot, and Stopped covering because they went super shit libby and went completely kaflooey, mm. honestly, on COVID. And that's World Socialist website, but they did write a good one this week. So I figured, let me throw them in there. Mm. So Joe Biden saying journalism isn't a crime, right? Except for, of course, we know. Yep. That guy. 
Julian. The annual dinner of the White House Correspondents Association is an occasion for the media elite and top politicians in Washington to schmooze and declare their mutual solidarity. This is usually couched in the language of defense of the First Amendment, although that constitutional provision has been systemically trampled on by administration after administration in the interests of American imperialism. Yep. This is Patrick Martin, by the way. Illegal government Mm. spying, police violence, and the violation of such basic democratic precepts as the separation of church and state are everyday practices in America, and the corporate media generally passes over them in silence as long as its own financial interests are not harmed. There was more than the usual measure of such hypocrisies at Saturday night's annual dinner of the White House Correspondents Association as President Joe Biden, Joe Biden, and the assembled members of the political and media elite pretended to defend freedom of the press, but only when it came to serving the foreign policy interests of American imperialism. How about that? Most presidential appearances at the dinner, attended by every president in recent years, except, of course, Trump, have been characterized by scripted remarks making fun of the audience, the president's political opponents and critics, and then the president himself. But Biden devoted the bulk of his remarks to a lengthy declaration of his opposition to the repressive measures taken against journalists in Russia and China, China, Iran, Syria, Venezuela, and pledges to devote U.S. diplomatic efforts to winning the release of Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovich, recently arrested on bogus spying charges in Russia and other American prisoners of the Putin regime. This is World Socialist website, guys. I, I, you know, hey. The coincidence between the list of countries guilty of violating press freedom and the list of countries targeted by American imperialism for subversion and overthrow was obvious. Biden made no reference, for example, to the murder of Washington Post commentator Jamal Khashoggi, killed and dismembered inside of the consulate of Saudi Arabia in the Turkish city of Istanbul. Of course, Khashoggi, who was an advisor turned critic of the Saudi monarchy, uh, was targeted by the de facto Saudi ruler, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, that's Bonesaw to, to everyone else. His security chief sent out the hit Bonesaw. squad and directed its actions. Biden claimed during the 2020 election campaign that he would turn the Saudi leader into a pariah. Instead, in pursuit of, a great, of greater Saudi oil production, he went cap in hand to Riyadh for talks with the prince slash assassin. But, of course, the most obvious case of a double standard was one that involves the Biden administration directly, the persecution of Julian Assange. And this is why I picked this article. The WikiLeaks founder, WikiLeaks, we got to get that for the board, and publisher, most importantly to me, publisher, was trapped in the Ecuadorian embassy in London for nearly seven years after he sought political asylum there against a U.S. campaign to seize him and bring him to the United States for prosecution on espionage charges for exposing U.S. war crimes in Iraq and Afghanistan and at the Guantanamo Bay Torture Prison. Since Assange was seized by British police, who raided the embassy four years ago, he's been held in solitary confinement in Belmarsh, a high-security prison for terrorists and violent criminals in London, awaiting extradition to the United States where he would face 175 years in prison if convicted under the Espionage Act. 
he would be the first journalist prosecuted under the century-old law, passed amid the anti-communist hysteria whipped up as part of U.S. entry into World War I. Talking about a hundred-year-old law. Three minutes into his remarks to the Saturday night festivities, it might as well have been SNL, Biden declared, journalism is not a crime. The formulation seemed a perverse restatement of a declaration issued by half a dozen major world newspapers, including the New York Times, last December, when they called on the Biden administration to drop the charges against Assange because publishing is not a crime. Not a crime. Speaking as a publisher, that definitely means a lot to me, and I agree. It is noteworthy that in their coverage of the correspondence dinner, neither the Times nor the Washington Post nor any other mainstream publication, and I can't stand that word mainstream, made any mention of Assange or the contradiction between Biden's declaration of fidelity to the First Amendment and the continued drive of his administration to extradite and jail Assange. Nor did any media correspondence or management, the bulk of the audience at the dinner, seek to raise the issue there. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Seven Democratic members of Congress. What was that? Did you hit that? I was going to say that's another good one for the soundboard. Yeah. Seven Democratic members of Congress, including all five members of the DSA, which, okay, recently sent a letter to, the, to Attorney General Merrick Garland uh, urging him to drop prosecution of Assange. None of these representatives sought to raise the issue at the correspondence white dinner, which took place only four days before World Press Freedom Day, as, de as designated by the United Nations. Wow. Yep. Later in his remarks, Biden flattered the press, declaring, you make it possible for ordinary citizens to question authority. Now get over here, Jack. Come on, man. Ah, fuck off. Actually, the American <laughs> corporate media has abandoned even a token commitment to such oppositional stance toward the U.S. government. The Times, which sets the agenda for the daily coverage in the American media, is little more than an adjunct to the CIA and Pentagon on national security issues, particularly the war in Ukraine. State Department, too. When National Guard airmen and IT specialist Jack Teixeira released top-secret Pentagon documents on the Internet, which he didn't, but okay, he published them to Discord, but that's another story. The Times cracked him down and published his name, enabling the FBI to swoop in and arrest a 21-year-old soldier only hours later. You think they didn't know who he was? Yep. Okay. Biden's Ian Pian to the American media and his de declaration to the devotion of uh, his declaration of devotion to the First Amendment were followed by a series of obvious and banal jokes, largely at the expense of Fox News, as well as a few references to his advanced age, as though that was the only issue standing in the way of his reelection campaign. Uh huh. He right. made no mention of the war in Ukraine, which every day threatens to escalate into a nuclear exchange between the U.S. and Russia or of the COVID pandemic, which remains a deadly threat to the world's population. Like I said, this is World Socialist's website. It was notable that those who attended the correspondence dinner, like other large public figures in Washington and throughout the country, were entirely unmasked. There was no effort to shield anyone, including the 80-year-old Biden, from the danger of an infection that could have lethal consequences. 
I don't think they'd be all that yep. upset, honestly. Nope. Come on, Jack. This is a picture of Joe actually at the Correspondence Center before he soiled himself, of course. Actually, that looks like a mask. Yeah. Well, the looks whole like thing, the wax figure from the whole thing could be could be a mask, like a like a Mission Impossible kind of like the thing that sticks all the way and from a body yeah. double or a CIA agent. No, nah, it could never be like anything quite like that ever happening yeah. with the voice replicator and everything like that. It's all a yes. That's exactly right, Crab. It's it's AI. Oh right, I don't have the that turned yeah. on. Uh, for that, no Twidget app. So let's go back to our two box over here. Check on chat. Wow, we got some people chatting. Hey, what's up, everybody? Global Solidarity, how are you? Um, yeah, we'd we'd love to get to get a mic for for our buddy over there. Um, that would be cool to get Gamer a, a mic so that they could they could join in and do a podcast. Gamer, if you get yourself a mic, sure. I definitely highly encourage you to, to do a podcast. You're in all these chats. You know all the rhetoric. You know every what everybody says and what they're doing. I'll bet you'd be great at it. So, hi, gamer, Brad, the Snow Himbo. Welcome, welcome, dude. You've been keeping me laughing all week, and I appreciate the fuck out of you because it's been a really, really hard week. And I've definitely laughed out loud reading a few of your tweets and DMs, and I've needed that bad. Um, Rich Solis, Jamom. Hi, everybody. I saw. Hi, everybody. I saw everybody over in Savvy Chat earlier tonight. So uh, I would tell you to subscribe to Savvy Savs, but everybody here already does because she's awesome. Fred Edward, thank you so much for all your help as always. You're the man, you're the man, you're the man. So two more Assange stories still. And the first one, the next one is going to be that letter that you referred to. Julian wrote to the king on his coronation. Yep. This language was something so this was from our friend over on substack the naked emperor follow them at naked emperor.substack.com but you got new clothes huh well not yet because he's still naked but <laughs> that was Health the one after but yes yes um it what huh Who's naked? Okay. Yes. <laughs> so the World Health Organization, the WHO, has declared the COVID pandemic over. The contagion of a virus named because its crown of spikes, Corona, is declared to be over the day before the crown is placed on the head of the WEF King, Charles III, and his coronation. Oh, look at that. Clever with the Corona in caps and coronation. Oh, that's funny. We're play aside. Okay, I guess it didn't hit the mark quite where it thought. I think in years to come, <laughs> people will look back on the monarchy in the same way they do with slavery. It shocks me that in supposedly modern day and age, people still think that a royal family is superior to them due to their one qualification of being born. Anyway, yeah. That's a discussion for another article. Today's post re reproduces Julian Assange's letter to King Charles on his coronation. For those who don't know, Julian is the founder of WikiLeaks, 
which published a series of leaks from the U.S. Army intelligence analyst Bradley Chelsea Manning. I don't want a dead name, but at the time it was Bradley. She's since transitioned, and she's now Chelsea. We respect her. Yep. After the leaks, the U.S. government launched by criminal investigations into WikiLeaks. Um, with constant worries about being extradited to the U.S., Assange took refuge in the Ecuadorian embassy in London for seven years. This asylum was withdrawn in 2019, at which point he was arrested and confined, mainly in solitary confinement in the most secure prison unit in the U.K., His Majesty's Prison, Belmarsh. It used to be called Her Majesty's Prison, but now they've yep. changed it. Julian writes to the king from within His Majesty's pleasure. And I'm not going to do it in an accent. I'm going to read it in my way. But to His Majesty King Charles okay. III. King Charles III. On the coronation of my liege, I thought it only fitting to extend a heartfelt invitation to you to commemorate this monumentous occasion by visiting your very own kingdom within a kingdom, His Majesty's Prison Belmarsh. You will no doubt recall the wise words of, this, of a renowned playwright, the quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. Ah, but what what would that bard know of, of mercy faced with the reckoning at the dawn of your historic reign? After all, one can truly know the measure of a society by how it treats its prisoners, and your kingdom has surely excelled in that regard. Your Majesty's Prison yep. Belmarsh is located at the prestigious address of One Western Way, London, just a short fox hunt from the old Royal Naval College in Greenwich. How delightful it must be to have such an esteemed establishment bear your name. It is here that 687 of your loyal subjects are held, supporting the United Kingdom's record as the nation within the largest prison population in Western Europe. As your noble government, as recently declared, your kingdom is currently undergoing, quote, the biggest expansion of prison places in over a century, unquote, with its ambitious projections showing an increase of the prison population from 82,000 to 106,000 within the next four years. Quite a legacy indeed. Right. 24,000 new prisoners? A 25% increase? That's insane. As a political prisoner, held at your majesty's pleasure on behalf of an embarrassed foreign sovereign, I am honored to reside within the walls of this world-class institution. Truly, your kingdom knows no bounds. During your visit, you will have the opportunity to feast upon the culinary delights prepared for you, uh, for your loyal subjects, on a generous budget of two pounds per day. Savor the blended tuna heads and ubiquitous reconstituted forms that are purportedly made from chicken. And worry not, for unlike lesser institutions such as Alcatraz or San Quentin, there is no communal dining in a mess hall. At Belmarsh, prisoners dine alone in their cells, ensuring the utmost intimacy with their meal. Yep. Beyond the gustatory pleasures, I can assure you that Belmarsh provides ample educational opportunities for your subjects. As Proverbs 22.6 has it, Train up a child the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Observe the shuffling cues at the medicine hatch, where inmates gather their prescriptions, not for daily use, 
but for the horizon-expanding experience of a big day out all at once. You will have the opportunity to pay your respects to my late friend Manuel Santos, a gay man facing deportation to Bolsonaro's Brazil, who took his own life just eight yards from my cell using a crude rope fashioned from his bedsheets. His exquisite tenor voice now silenced forever. Venture further into the depths of Belmarsh, and you'll find the most isolated place within its walls. Healthcare, or hellcare, as its inhabitants lovingly call it. Here, you'll marvel at sensible rules designed for everyone's safety, such as the prohibition of chess, whilst permit permitting the far less dangerous game of checkers. Deep within hellcare lies the most gloriously uplifting place in all of Belmarsh, nay, the world of the United Kingdom, the sublimely named Belmarsh End-of-Life Suite. Listen closely and you may hear the prisoners' cries of, Brother, I'm going to die in here. A testament to both the quality of, of both life and death within your prison. Jesus Christ, so dark. But fear not, for there is beauty to be found within these walls. Feast your eyes upon the picturesque crows nesting in the razor wire and the hundreds of hungry rats that call Belmarsh home. And if you come in spring, you may even catch a glimpse of the ducklings laid by wayward mallards within the prison grounds, but don't delay, for the ravenous rats ensure their lives are fleeting. I implore you, King Charles, to visit His Majesty's prison, Belmarsh, for it is an honor befitting a king. As you, as you embark upon your reign, may you always remember the words of the King James Bible, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And may mercy be the guiding light of your kingdom, both within and without the walls of Belmarsh. Your most devoted subject, Julian Assange. Wow. Allegedly. Allegedly. Now, I'm going to say something that's... Pro no, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say it. Chris okay. Hedges earlier... Chris Hedges earlier said that he thought, well, he knew that Julian had suffered several strokes, was psychologically and physically tortured, was not well. Yet, yep. men and mentally <clears throat> also, mentally not well. But that's, that's incredible. I mean, if... And I read it right away. I was like, that, how, did he, how was it even delivered? How was it written? I, did they even allow him to have pen and paper? Like, maybe. I, I hate that I even am asking that question, and I'm sorry for asking that question. I really am, because I nobody wants to see this man freed more than I do, honestly. That's not true. There are Well, how many letters has he sent? How many letters has he sent, like... He's been there for how long? This is the only thing we've gotten from him? No, it's not the only thing, but it's been very drippy and drabby and rando and I, I don't know. I, I, I can't. Yeah. I don't know. I, free Julian Assange. Free fucking Julian Assange right now. Free that man right now. Get him out. Let's get him home. Get him with his family. Get him with his kids. Free Julian Assange. 
um, it's almost like a verbal tick, but it's not. And it's, um, anyway, yep. uh, let me go to our last Assange story, which is another Joe Loria consortium news. Our friends over at consortium news, outstanding publication, subscribe, support them, please. Joe Loria is their managing editor. He wrote another banger. You know, we covered a Joe Loria story last week where there was a speech that he had given about Julian um, in front of Justice Department. And this week, uh, we've got Consortium News Indie Media Award honoree again. Talk about Albo. So their prime minister, Albanese, he spoke with ABC, which is the Australian broadcasting company, while in London for the coronation. And they asked him about Sanj. So that's pretty interesting. Um, love that guy. Joe Laurie is great. All right. And there he is meeting with Biden at the East Asia Summit. That was back in November. But Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albany said he has unequivocally stated his position to the United States that a diplomatic resolution to the case of Julian Assange must be made. That's nice. In his clearest statement yet about the fate of the imprisoned WikiLeaks publisher, Albanese told the Australian Broadcasting Corporation in an interview in London that he's told the U.S. Justice Department that Assange's case must come to an end. And I agree. I continue to say in private what I said publicly as labor leader and what I've said as prime minister, that enough is enough, Albanese told the ABC. This needs to be brought to a conclusion. It needs to be worked through. We're working through diplomatic channels. We're making very clear what our position is on Mr. Assange's case. But so far, the Justice Department, of course, has not yielded in its pursuit of Assange on espionage charges that could land him in U.S. prison for up to 175 years if he's extradited from Britain and convicted in the U.S. on all 17 or 18 charges that he's being charged with. So Albo says, I know it's frustrating. I share the frustration I can't do more than make very clear what my position is, he said. And the U.S. administration is certainly very aware of what the Australian government's position is. That's nice to know. But asked whether he would raise the Assange issue directly with Joe Biden when the president visits Australia later this month. Albo said, quote, The way that diplomacy works is probably not the forecast discussions that you will have or have had with leaders of other nations. He appears to not have looked deeply into the facts on the case uh, against Assange, surprise, surprise, when he asserted in the interview that he understood U.S. concerns that confidential information could lead to consequences for the people who were engaged in an activity. What? Assange's legal team laid out during extradition proceedings in London that he did not release unredacted versions of the U.S. diplomatic cables containing some of the names of U.S. informants until after two Guardian journalists provided the password to those files in a book that they wrote, and only after a German publication, Encryptome.com, published the unredacted files first. Additionally, upon cross-examination, of course, in the court-martial trial of former U.S. Army intelligence analyst Chelsea Manning for leaking the cables to Assange, U.S. US General Robert Carr admitted there was no evidence that any informant had been harmed by the disclosures. What are we talking about here? 
Albanese cited Manning's case when discussing Assange's fate. I think that when Australians look at the circumstances, look at the fact that the person who released the information is walking freely now, having served some time in incarceration but is now released for a long period of time, then they'll see that there's a disconnect there. And that's what he said in his interview. But asked whether other leaders in the West were speaking out for the principles of free speech involved in Assange's case. Albanese, of course, told the ABC, we do value the freedom, we do value freedom of expression, but we also have, in today's uncertain world, legitimate concerns about our national security. So he's already hedging about censorship. Quote, I'm not going to sit here as someone who chairs our national security committee and say, it's fine if you publish all the details about our national security committee deliberations, because if you did that, Australian lives would be put in danger. There are real consequences for that. I'm a big supporter of freedom of the press, but with that also comes a responsibility to take into account the consequences of whether the information is not available to the public, uh, what the consequences would be if we just had a free-for-all. Well, in the extensive interview, this is really interesting, Albany said he was concerned for Assange's health. There was a court decision here in the UK that was then overturned on appeal that went to his health as well. And I'm concerned for him. Yeah, sure he is. I'm sure he's very concerned. Until now, he's kept largely quiet about his dealings with the U.S. regarding Assange. That he spoke so openly about it in this interview is an indication not only of his frustration, but that he's decided going public could bring more public pressure on the U.S. to act. It also shows that the public pressure Albanese has faced up to, uh, to up the ante may also have had an effect. And that's what I got on Julian and Julian's case and World Press Freedom Day and the gaslighting that's been happening. And can't say enough for Julian Assange. Um, I really hope that the Australian government is working overtime, which I know they're not, but I, they should be to secure his freedom because he is an Australian citizen yeah. who did not commit a crime in the United States. Um, he published some, you know, he wasn't the one who committed the espionage at any time. He he was the publisher, but it's Vault 7 that they really are going after him for using the excuse of the Iraq war logs and Gitmo torture to do that. John Pilger is working overtime, Desert Mantis, and love, love, love to John Pilger. Love to all the journalists who are keeping this alive like Joe Loria, like Caitlin Johnstone. And of course, big shout out to our sister, Misty Winston, who she does action for Assange. She does. We're fucked. Yep. Yes, we are. She's organizing. I don't even know when the next one's going to be probably over the summer, but she organizes protests and direct actions in support of raising awareness and getting more people to yeah, no, Caitlin Johnstone is evil. Oh my God, Brad, don't don't even get started. Don't don't get me started. Holy shit! Yeah, there were yeah. there were some apparently Caitlin Johnstone derangement syndrome is real, and Brad found someone who suffers from it, and it was pretty damn sad to watch that meltdown happen. Um, all it takes is for one bastard to drop the charges on Assange, and then he can go home. That's absolutely right. CJDS. Well, there's there's nice? already yep. 
PJDS, there's all different kinds of arrangement syndromes. <clears throat> um, yep. <clears throat> what else is happening? Off with their heads. What what is what Reef didn't scream? Didn't just scream in in the ether about the war criminals. Yes, that is correct. Off with their heads. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Mastermind hour. Oh, that's a good one. Let me let me put that up. It turns out I got my blood type tested, and it turns out where where is that? Uh, I am a pessimist. Yeah. So is Chris Hedges. So am I for sure. I mean, it's. I, I do have hope. I mean, I have children. I have to have some hope. But number one rule about Fight Club is that you you don't talk about Julian Assange. Wait, no, that's the number one rule of American corporate journalism. That's right. But my mad mom, bad cookies, everybody. So good to see everyone. All right. So <clears throat> NATO. Uh, is NATO finished? I don't know. But this is pretty interesting. I hope so. Elizabeth Voss, also from Consortium News, who's one of our Indie Media Award honorees. Mm. Yep, thank you. He, she, she was on Misty Winston's radio show the other night, on, on Friday night. You can check that out on tntradio.live. Find Misty's page. You can go to the Listen Backs. It's also on Spotify under TNT Radio. She will also be on Misty's show this Friday night. But she wrote this article about deple depleted uranium, and I know that Reef and Colin covered England and the UK sending depleted uranium to Ukraine and the war crime that that is. But uh, she wrote something yep. about this too, about using depleted uranium, using poison in Ukraine's depleted hope of victory. Like I said, you mean the award honoree? So. Depleted uranium shells have been sent to Ukraine as confirmed by UK Armed Forces Minister James Heapy last week. Happy Heapy. All those British names are weird. Britain announced last month that yeah. it would send the munitions for use with Challenger 2 tanks, a move that immediately escalated nuclear tensions with Russia, with, with President Vladimir Putin threatening to place tactical nuclear weapons in Belarus just days later. The saber rattling is a really good idea, guys. The yeah. UK move comes amid indications that Kiev, Kiev, is increasingly desperate. Chicken. To the, yeah, to the point. I like. I actually like the buttery chicken. To the point of being willing to risk <laughs> chicken, Kiev. scorching the earth is fighting for. I think they kind of already did that in Bakhmut or did Wagner. I don't know. Over the last few months, documents emerging as part of. The so-called Pentagon leak, allegedly posted online by U.S. National Guardsman Jack Teixeira, have shown Ukrainian forces are faring far worse than previously reported by corporate media. Surprise, surprise! As reported by Consortium yep. News, the leaked documents show the long-planned long Ukrainian offensive will fail miserably. That's always nice to see a long planned offensive failing miserably, kind of like their spring offensive that isn't really happening. That the conflict is not going well for Ukraine came as little surprise to those who had been following the story outside of the legacy press echo chamber. However, I saw there was something from WAPO too that like said something about the, the, uh, counteroffensive might not be what people expected. Like it was like, you know, it's not going to be that good, guys. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it was that. 
They're definitely you know? setting you up. But, however, Britain's decision to send depleted, depleted uranium rounds to Ukraine represents more than a dangerous escalation in the West's proxy war with a nuclear-armed power. It's an example of Ukraine's willingness to target the ethnic Russian population in eastern Ukraine and poison the land it's attempting to retain. Depleted uranium will have effects not only on Russian fighters, but also on the civilian population for years to come. Radio host yep. Randy Credico, who recently visited the, hey, Tom, the Donbass. Hey, we know him. Uh, recently, and visited Tara Reid. He also recently did have an interview with Tara Reid. I was going to mention that afterwards. But Randy recently visited the Donbass, and he told Consortium News that residents of that region already live in daily fear of U.S.-made missiles used by Ukraine to target civilians and the emergency services that come to help them. Now, they're to face the additional prospect of depleted uranium shells, which would not simply kill civilians now, but has the potential to poison future generations. I know he discussed this with Tara as it on has her done, stream. As it mm -hmm. has done in Fallujah, specifically. Go look up that crap about what it did to children there. Right. Um, they talked about it affected more people than Hiroshima and like like both the nuclear bombs. So, And it caused you know. all kinds of infertilities and stillborns and birth defects and horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. bad. And there, yeah. there are the, uh, the Ukrainians in Donbass. That was in March 2015. You know, after... Yeah. The siege or, you know, the, the initial Minsk Accords. Russia intervened in Ukraine after eight years of war by Kiev, Kiev against the ethnic Russians in the east who declared independence from Ukraine after the U.S.-backed 2014 coup. The U.S. and British corporate media appeared to dismiss concerns of Russian nuclear escalation in response to the use of depleted uranium rounds and the official line in the West is that such weapons represent a low environmental risk. Yep. There's also, and, and, and Tara's been talking about this, there was chatter among the community, whatever it was that she's connected to, that they were okay with a limited nuclear strike, and they thought that it would not affect America, Americans, and Western Europe. Are they out of their minds? So we're yes. going to get into the sordid yes. history of its use. Yes, I know the answer is yes. However, there are compelling re there are compelling reasons to question the official stance. Depleted uranium rounds were used by U.S. forces in both Iraq wars as well as in the Balkans in the 1990s. Depleted uranium munitions are heavier than lead and are typically used to pierce the armor of tanks. On impact, the metal shears burns and vaporizes. This produces toxic radioactive dust. A 2001 report focusing on the health impacts of depleted uranium on U.S. veterans of the Gulf War, published by The Nation, explains that DU, depleted uranium, is highly toxic and, according to the Encyclopedia of Occupational Health and Safety, can cause lung cancer, bone cancer, and kidney disease. Scientists point out that depleted uranium becomes much more dangerous when it burns. When fired, it combusts on impact. As much as 70% of the material is released as a radioactive and highly toxic dust that can be inhaled or ingested 
and then trapped in the lungs or kidneys. Yay! Quote, this is when it becomes most dangerous, says Arjun Mak Makijani, who is the president of the Institute for Energy and Environmental Research. It becomes a powder in the air that can irritate irradiate you oh my god a powder in the air that can irradiate you let me say that again it becomes yep. a powder in the air that can irradiate you thanks depleted uranium yep. thank you uk a 1999 report by the, <laughs> by the guardian related the sentiments of scientists oh mm -hmm. uh we also tested our depleted uranium munitions in hawaii on kilauea right under that big uh telescope by the way, nice. so a bunch of the native people there are like upset at the health crisis it's caused. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Right. Um, so, oh, and Florida is going to put depleted radioactive stuff in our roads. That's yes. going to go real well. Yep. Um, because Florida. Yeah. So a 1999 report by Guardian. Related that the sent related the sentiments of scientists speaking in regards to bombing Kosovo with depleted uranium. Quote, one single particle yeah. of depleted uranium lodged in the lymph node can devastate the entire immune system. Former UN weapons inspector Scott Ritter commented on the news of depleted uranium rounds being sent to Ukraine by citing increases in leukemia where it had previously been used in Kosovo, as well as increases in birth defects and cancer in Iraq. Following the wars there. Mentioned that before. This is mm -hmm. sites identified by UN Environmental Program as targets for ordnance containing depleted uranium during NATO's 99 bombing of the former U Yugoslavia. You see all those stars, and that's a lot of stars all over the map. Those are targeted sites. Yep. Hmm. He argues, and that's Ritter, that the U.S. suppresses the health effects of depleted uranium because... We don't want to take ownership for what we've done. In John right. Pilger's film, documenting Iraq after the first Gulf War, paying the price, killing the children of Iraq, he spoke with doctors in Basra, where they reported a tenfold increase in cancer deaths. Pilger also spoke with an Iraqi pediatrician who described an influx of congenital deformities never before seen prior to oh. the war. I've seen that as well. Uh, also, I do want to point out because it pointed out when we talked about it, mm -hmm. that Russia has also used rounds like this. When I did my research, all I saw was rifle rounds with depleted uranium, which I think they argue that that's like, I think it was during the Balkans they were used, right? So, um, yeah, I, I didn't know if tank rounds were a thing with that, which would have more uranium material, thus leaving more radioactive material. And I think they stopped using them because of the problems that they found with it. You know, oh, so that, that would make there's sense. There's that. Um, that would make sense. There is that. Yeah. Um, but generally, it's just harder than tungsten, even though the Russians are using tanks that tungsten would easily pierce, which they've said, like NATO has said that. Well, you're using old tanks. We can just use old stuff. So well, we're not giving them the new stuff, but actually now I believe we're starting to produce new stuff just to send to, to Ukraine, which is just awesome. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. In the case of the second Iraq war, the most striking reported effects of depleted uranium and other toxic substances were seen in Fallujah, 
where U.S. forces bombed mercilessly in 2004, as Reef mentioned earlier. The rise in birth defects in Iraq mm-hmm. have been called catastrophic, and The Guardian went so far as to publish a piece in 2014 that accused the WHO of covering up the nuclear nightmare left behind nuclear in nightmare by the U.S. and U.K. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's the, the depleted uranium simulated. in Hawaii that you talked about from 2018. This is a yep. simulated DU training. Mm-hmm. Others. Look at that. I know stuff. Others have compared the city's health crisis with the, with that following the U.S. nuclear attack on Hiroshima. Yay. Uh, yep. The specific role of depleted uranium rounds in the sharply increased rate of cancer and serious birth defects remains controversial, but the effects, the accounts of doctors on the ground in Fallujah who have documented such birth defects, cancers, and other health problems are staggering. Is this the future faced by... That's a lot of damage! Yeah. Is this the future faced by generations of ethnic Russians in Ukraine? Well, they wouldn't... Very Ukrainians, much so. Kiev wouldn't call them ethnic Russians. They would call them Ukrainians. But when Ukraine is already set to lose, if slowly, on the battlefield... What's to be gained by taking out a few more Russian tanks if it permanently renders the land a danger to its inhabitants, permeated with toxic dust particles of radioactive uh-huh. heavy material? What uh-huh. are you fighting for at that point if you're let's, destroying the land? Let's go back to what Ukraine is. What resource does it produce? Wheat. What has gone up since we've... Yes. They are literally salting the earth right now well, with that's... Europe's biggest breadbasket. How can this decision be viewed as like, anything but a spiteful admission that the la- that land is being lost and that salting it is a final act of malice uh-huh. against ethnic Russians in Donbass? The yep. use of DU munitions in Ukraine amounts to a last gasp of desperation and an attempt to contaminate territory Kiev knows it will not regain for such weapons would not be supplied by Britain and used by Ukraine on land they were confident they would recapture. Because uh-huh. they wouldn't put their own citizens through that kind of poison. Yep. Support independent media. Elizabeth Voss is a freelance journalist, contributor, Consortium News. You can follow her on Twitter at Elizabeth Lee, L-E-A, Voss. She's a badass. I love her. She recently followed me because she recently fixed fixed that situation because I showed her, hey, how are you not following me at this point? Like, we've known each other for a while. She's like, oh, what? What? Huh? Because Listen, I show up so much. I know. Like, seriously. But I show up so much in everybody's feed, I guess, that they don't even realize when they're not following me. Or Twitter must have unfollowed her, which could have happened, too. Because that never right. happens on, as Brad calls it, the Bird app, right? Never happens on the Bird app. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hi, everybody. We're live on Rumble. Hey, the Detoxer. Hi, the detoxer. Welcome. Swanamo, Uh, how are you? Good to see you. So there are real humans over there. Royal family was executed Mm -hmm. a while ago. See see Grim Reaper at the the coronation. May 5th was a day the royal family surrendered to the Scots. Interesting. The the Khashoggi family. Here, let me put this up. Uh, If you don't comment or like on Rumble and Rockfin. You are fake news. you're, You're fake news. Let me put that up that's, real quick. That's what you are. You don't exist. So what what the detoxer is yeah. saying over here is a few things. Um, 
cool. So World Socialist website is run by cucks and globalist shills. It's CIA, it's a CIA op. No argument there. Uh, well, actually, a little bit of argument there. I don't think it's a CIA op, but it's definitely not one of my favorite websites, though. This was a pretty decent article. Trump gave him a pardon. I don't know why he didn't follow through. Still, most deep underground military bases have been destroyed by various militaries around the world. So many resignations. Uh, he also says that most journalists have fled to Russia. Uh, the Khashoggi family was a CIA asset. MBS worked to take out the Saudi deep state and CIA despite the odds against him. That's an opinion. Um, <laughs> the royal family was executed a while ago. I said, see Grim Raper at the coronation. That's pretty funny. And then that they destroyed Ecuador just because of that, which was what, what they did to take in Assange. And I, Agree with all that for sure. But thank you for chatting over on Rumble and proving that Rumble is not fake news. We also are live over on the Rockfin. Rockfin.com slash IND left news. Everything.com slash IND left news, except of course Rumble, but that's another story. Go to IndieLeft.media for all of our links. That's a whole lot easier to remember. So I have one more story and yep. it is freaking horrific. Oh my God. It's a short one, and we're going to get through it quick. But shish, let's get to it. Yeah. I can't even believe I have to, ha I have to cover a story like this. Ten-year-old mm -hmm. kids. And this is not ten-year-old kids eating McDonald's. This is ten-year-old kids working at McDonald's for free. So before we start this, actually, let me... Go back here for one second to our two shot. I actually have a little video from Bean Boy, uh, but it's not Bean Boy. Actually, mm -hmm. technically, it is the ladies at Popular Information, and I'm so thrilled that they're branching off on their own and doing something Ooh, without It's Chuddy. a lady. It's a lady. So I'm going to copy that link. I need that on the soundboard. Oh, my God. Yes, we do. We need, we need a ladies man for sure. All right. So let's go over here. And pause. You burned down my houseboat. You burned down that my ain't houseboat. Cool. Uh, why, why, <laughs> why can't I? Oh, I know why. Sign in. That's why. Because it's asking me to sign in. All right. Uh, pause. Pause. Okay. Uh, this is popular information. This was on Instagram, and I don't know how to full screen this for some reason. Uh, let's go back. It might not full screen. Uh, that might be a not a thing that happens. And full screen. No, I don't want to go full screen. I wanted to go full screen off. Ah, two shot. Hold go there and slideshow. Wait a minute. There we go. Right. Now we got it. Now we got it. Now we're cooking with gas. Okay. So our friends over at Popular Information over on the Instagrams made this video, and I figured let's watch this because it's short. It's a reel, and then we'll read the article that goes with it. So. Labor Department found that a 15-year-old worker at a Tennessee-based McDonald's franchise suffered hot oil burns after being illegally assigned Jesus to use Christ. a deep fryer. In recent years, the U.S. has seen a massive increase in child labor exploitations. In February, the U.S. Labor Department announced a crackdown on child labor after tracking a 69% increase in illegally nice. employed kids since 2018. While child exploitation Wait, is on nice. the rise, 
Republicans across America are working simultaneously to weaken child labor laws. In 2023, bills proposing to weaken protections against child labor have already been introduced in seven states. In February, Packers Sanitation Services, one of the largest food sanitation services Packs. in the U.S., paid $1.5 million in civil money penalties after an investigation found that the company employed over 100 children from ages 13 to 17 in hazardous occupations. Two of the Packers meatpacking plants were in Arkansas. In March, Governor Huckabee Sanders signed a law removing the requirement for children under 16 to provide an employment certificate to work, which required proof of age. This yep. is Popular Information, a newsletter that holds the powerful accountable. Now follow along here and subscribe for more accountability journalism. This and, week, a federal... And do that. Subscribe there, for sure. They're on Instagram. They're it's everywhere, great. but they're on Substack. They're on TikTok. They're on Instagram. And once in a while, they'll put out a video on YouTube, unless maybe they're doing these shorts now to YouTube, which would be great if they do. Um, I love these guys. They're great. One of my favorites. They were an OG over at Substack, one of the first. Judd Lagoon, who Reef lovingly Boy. refers to as Bean Boy. Bean Boy. Slideshow on. Okay. Actually, Bean Boy didn't write this one. This was Tesnim Zakaria and Rebecca Crosby, who Judd has hired after growing and expanding his readership. And his paid subscribers, he's one of the largest and, and uh, has one of the largest paid su subscriptions to Substack there is. And there's a good reason why. Wow. This week, like she says, a federal investigation found that three Kentucky-based McDonald's franchises illegally employed at least 305 children, including some as young as 10 years old. The three franchises, Bauer Food LLC, Archray's Archray's Richwood LLC, say that five times fast, and Bell Restaurant Group I or Archways one. Richwood LLC, Archways Richwood LLC, Archway Richwood LLC, Archways Richwood LLC, Archway Richwood LLC. Yes, operate sixty-two stores across Kentucky, Indiana, Maryland, and Ohio. Federal guidelines, of course, restrict the number of hours and types of jobs fourteen and fifteen-year-olds can perform, according to investigators. However, however. Children at these McDonald's locations were found working more than the legally permitted hours and performing tasks prohibited by law for young workers. Wait, what? Yes. What? One of the franchises, Bauer Food LLC, also illegally employed two 10-year-olds. Under the Fair oh. Labor Standards Act, minors under the age of 14 are generally not permitted to work. Despite this, the two children did a variety of tasks like prepping food, cleaning the store, and taking drive-through orders, working as late as 2 a.m. A 10-year-old! <laughs> I'm in danger! But wait, worse. According to the Labor Department, one of the 10-year-olds also operated a deep fryer, which is prohibited for workers <laughs> below the yeah. age of 16. Neither of the 10-year-olds... Yep were even paid for their work, the Labor Department determined. Do you remember? Because how do you, do you remember legally that Canadian pay a safety video I had you watch the other day? Oh, my God. Do you remember that? How do you, how do, how do you legally like, I should have cleaned up the oil spill over there. No. Oh, like, my God. Oh, uh, oh, dude, the melted face. 
ah, like, but yeah, that was ridiculous. People know what I'm talking about in the chat. If they were here last you know? week, yes, they would. Um, but that we didn't play it last week. That was that was something we didn't play live. We, it was just to you. Yes, but neither um, of the ten year olds, of course, were paid. Though they worked until two o'clock in the morning, they operated the fryer. They worked the drive through, and they didn't get paid because, of course, how the hell does a company legally they, pay a ten year old still can't, on the books? They they still can't get the frosty machine to work though, man. Now all the ice cream machines no are broken and well, that's Matt, Matt Stoller did a whole expose on that. But anyway, because it's yeah, one it's, company, yeah, that's it's because of the ice cream machine owns it, right? And they charge ridiculous costs for repair. Yep, and they offer no repair other than that. So, um, Wage and Hour Division District Director Karen Garnett Civils said in a press release, "Quote: Too often, employers fail to follow the child labor laws to protect young workers." Under no circumstances should there ever be a 10-year-old child working in a fast food kitchen around hot grills, ovens, and deep fryers. And I can't believe I just had yeah. to say that sentence. Meanwhile, yep. at Bell Restaurant Group 1 at the LLC, Halls of Injustice. that's right, two children yep. under the age of 16 were allowed to work during school hours. Two. During school hours. Two under, children. Under 16 were allowed to work during school hours. Now, I don't know if school was actually open or closed that day. I'm guessing that school was open and they needed the help and they did not care. These actions violate federal federal child labor regulations, which state that 14 and 15 year olds generally cannot work during school hours. It might even be that during during a break, they can't work during, they're not supposed to work during school hours. I'm not sure how, what the law says, but still, 14 and 15-year-olds. This is not the first time that a McDonald's restaurant has employed and endangered minors. Just last month, the Labor Department found that a 15-year-old worker at a Tennessee McDonald's franchise suffered hot oil burns after being illegally assigned to use a deep oh, yeah. fryer. In that, February, was that, movie. that was that show. We watched that. Yes, in February, yeah. seven McDonald's oh. locations <laughs> in Penn... It's amazing. In February, seven McDonald's locations in Pennsylvania illegally allowed 154 children younger than 16 to work at times not permitted by child labor laws and for more hours. Wait, 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 a hundred and fifty four children. Not like not like five children. Like a hundred and fifty-four children. Did you did you not hear what I said in the beginning to start the story? The number is no. I know. I yes. Three hundred and five. Three hundred and five. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. All right. To work okay. at times not legally so, permitted by child labor laws, and for more hours per week than allowed. Nine workers under sixteen were also uh, found to be using deep fryers. And then, of course, in December, mm. another investigation found that 13 McDonald's locations in the greater Pittsburgh area permitted 14 and 15-year-old employees to work outside permissible hours, affecting 101 minors. Another 100 kids there. At one of these locations, a worker younger than 16 was also allowed to operate the deep fryer. Well, who well, else is going to do it, Indy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like we're... we live in hell. I swear we live <laughs> Go in hell. Ahead. 
The Labor Department's yeah, findings know, come at a time when there's been a surge in reported child labor violations. This uptick in violations has also coincided, not really, with efforts by state lawmakers to weaken child labor laws. So let's talk about the national surge. In recent years, the U.S. has seen a massive increase in child labor exploitations. In February, the U.S. Department of Labor announced a crackdown on child labor after tracking a 69% increase, like she said on the video, in illegally employed kids since 2018. According to the Labor Department in 2022, there were 835 cases involving child labor violations affecting 3,876 minors. I can't... If I were the parent of one of these kids... Recent child labor violations include one of the largest labor cases in the department's history. In February, the Labor Department announced that Packers Sanitation Services, one of the largest food sanitation providers in the U.S., paid a million and a half dollars in civil money penalties, which is nothing, after an investigation nothing. found that the company employed over 100 children from ages 13 to 17 in, quote, hazardous occupations, unquote. So... That boils down to about fifteen thousand. The kid, what, what? Can we do the math there? Maybe a hundred kids. Sanitation 15, services. So fifteen thousand a kid. Is that one and a half like million? Or is hanging that... onto the back of a like garbage truck? Like <laughs> like little Timmy's? Just no, okay. Here, here. The investigation found that the children were forced to work overnight shifts at thirteen meat processing facilities in eight states including Tyson, JBS, Maple Leaf Farms, and yeah. Cargill plants. And I know Lee Camp did a whole yeah. article, did a whole video about how Cargill is one of the most evil companies in the world. Packer Sanitation Services also had children working with hazardous chemicals and cleaning meat processing equipment, including back saws, brisket nice. saws, and head splitters. Head splitters. That's what we call. They see that's a technical term in our industry. This is this is the head splitter nine thousand. Um, <laughs> like at least Christ, at least dude. three minors were injured while working for the company, according to the labor department. And then in July, are there just evil Pinocchio level villains at the head of these? Like, and this one hits okay. close to home. This one hits really close to home as someone yeah. who's in the automotive industry, but. In July, Reuters reported that a Hyundai subsidiary, Smart Alabama LLC, had children as young as 12 working at a metal stamping plate plant in Alabama. I believe we covered that. Like, we like what it. Eminem did in the movie Eight Mile. Yes. Like. Okay. All right. State and federal laws prohibit working <laughs> like, with dangerous machinery at metal stamping and processing and pressing operations before the age of 18. That again, there needs to be a federal law written about this. And of course, there is a state Alabama law, but now we know that those laws are being relaxed. In December, Reuters reported that the state and federal authorities were investigating as many as 10 Alabama plants that supply Hyundai and Kia, Hyundai's sister company. The investigation came after a child labor probe found children as young as age 13 working at SL Alabama LLC, a Hyundai supplier. A raid of the facility mm. resulted in several children being removed from the factory 
After the reports, Hyundai promised to sever, sever relations with both Smart and SL Alabama. And shout Hello. out to Randy Parker, CEO of Hyundai Motor America, who I'm actually personally connected to in real life. And I'm going to be sending this to him as if he doesn't already know it. But man, that is just a disgusting black mark on our industry to, completely. But, and I know it happened under the previous CEO's watch. But, and Randy's a, actually a really good dude. Um, if anyone will clean it up, I would Randy. Hope it, it, I would hope it would be him, but. You're amazing, Randy. Make love to me, Randy. We love you, Randy. <laughs> yes, that's, that, that's a South Park reference. Oh, God. But deregulating child labor. Uh. So talking about this, while child labor exploitation is on the rise, Republican lawmakers across America are simultaneously pushing to weaken child labor laws. This is a uniquely Republican situation. According to the Economic Policy Institute in 2023, bills proposing to weaken protections against child labor have already been introduced in seven states. Iowa, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, Minnesota. Ohio, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. Yep. In Iowa, the introduced Wisconsin. bill would remove restrictions on hazardous work in order to allow children as young as 14 Why? to work in meat coolers and industrial laundries. Oh, yeah, just, well, screw you guys, I'm going home. How about just fucking paying people? No, they'd rather just bring in kids. <laughs> In Ohio, give children who only need like jawbreaker money. Basically, okay. (laughs) In Ohio, wait. The bill proposes this is crazy. The bill proposes extending the hours that teenagers are allowed to work. Additionally, legislation introduced this week in Wisconsin would permit children as young as fourteen to serve alcohol at restaurants. Oh well, yeah, that's normal. Ah, totally, perfectly normal there. In Arkansas, <laughs> where two of the meatpacking plants implicated in the Packers San- Sanitation Services case are located, as she mentioned, our friend Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, not really, signed a law in March removing the requirement for children under 16 to provide an employment certificate to work. That certificate was provided by the <laughs> Arkansas Department of Labor and included a signature of a parent and proof parent or guardian and proof of age. In Missouri, a similar bill was recently introduced to eliminate the requirement for work permits. Now, Why? just because my father had to walk uphill barefoot in the snow to go to his paper mill job when he was like nine, doesn't mean everyone else should. Like, what? As Misty says, we're fucked. We we are. Ah, uh, I. I didn't. I didn't want to do the story. I wanted to do the story. <laughs> I didn't want. To, I, I didn't know whether to do the story or not. I know some people have covered it. I don't know if they've got. I didn't see anybody reference the the popular info article, which was really in depth and covered a bunch of other stuff historically. Um, mm. fuck man, buy some merch. Um, go to indiemediaawards.com. Join our Discord at independentleft.gg. Thank you. Go to independentleft.shop and you can get that merch and all of our links. You can find all Shut of them. Up and take my money. All those links are at indieleft.media. Um, and I am done yep. with stories. See, you worry Please. every week that I'm gonna I'm gonna put you to sleep, and that yeah, 
my stories are going to run forever, and then we're going to do two and a half hours worth of stories. We ran six articles. Which it took an is hour our 20. average. It took an hour 20. <laughs> like Two and a half with you your know, show, yeah. He did with, good with, this week. With some bullets. So now... um. Yeah. So let's let's take a look at what what some folks had to say in the chat during this awful article. Um, they talked about two Utes. Matt John, Matt John, two Utes. Are you the dude I subscribe to on here that's playing music? I I love your music. If you did, if that is you, but I did subscribe to somebody who who's been commenting and sharing and he plays music on YouTube. And if that's you, that's awesome. Um, so. Yeah, probably Mastermind, Burger Flipper, Work Release. Oh, wow. There were a lot of chats. You guys were really, there was a lot. You had a lot to say there. Um, yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like I yep, said, they yep, talked yep. about Utes. That is you. Great, Matt. We talked hey, about, we, we didn't get into, we didn't get into Marissa Tomei in that movie, although I would. Yeah, I was, I was told children should but, be seen and not heard, too, but children should not be working for nothing or when they're age 14 <laughs> at a meatpacking plant in dangerous I mean, that's perfect for material. Amazon. Seen and not heard is perfect right. for that job. They're going to get to retire at a youthful you know? age 70 if they can make it there. That's right. <laughs> yeah, at a youthful age. By this, at, by the, you know, we'll get them started early. Get that it retirement like fund up. This sounds like Republicans trying Jesus to make Christ. the argument they can marry them too because they're already working. Rick Solis figuring Seriously? out what's next. What the fuck? Yep. 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 It's just yeah. brutal. This is uh this this is just a horrible story, and I'm sorry to have to close it out on that one, but I thought it was super important. Yeah. And it's a Substack guy. I love I love shouting out our Substack folks and family over there. Judd Legume, who is one of the original OGs for Substack. So, popular.info. Yeah. Go support boy. him. 50 bucks a year, man, is all he needs. And it's, they do some really good work over there. I, I, I give them a lot of credit. And they're, <clears throat> they're every bit as good as Taibi or Greenwald or anything else. Actually, they might even be better because they really stick to the numbers and they, they stay away from the politics for the most part. And I will tell you, if your name is Cameron yeah. Sexton and you're in the Tennessee House State House and you're the the speaker, oof, you do not want to piss off Judd Lagoon because he's coming for you, pal. Yeah, that dude is coming for you. Surprise, Look up. motherfucker! That's right. Look what he's done. Look up what that dude's done. We may cover that story in the future as that develops even more. But this dude has been getting paid out stipends to the tune of a, a couple of hundred thousand dollars as long as he's been the speaker, and um, <clears throat> he's just been bilking the, the people of Tennessee while living in Nashville and claiming that he lives 150 miles away and claiming a stipend for people who live further away so they could sleep in a hotel downtown. But he goes home every night. Yeah. So, and then it turns yeah. out there was some guy that was convicted of a sex scandal and Buck Sexton is stepping in, or not, not Buck Sexton, I'm sorry, Cameron Sexton. Buck Sexton is a radio host who used to do a show with Crystal Ball. Um, Cameron Sexton intervened and tried to help this guy because they're on the same committee. This guy is going down. I'm telling you right now, keep your eye out for Cameron Sexton. And part of the reason why he's going to be taken down is because of the research and the work that Judd Legume and Popular Information have done. Now, why are they doing all this? Partly because that's the asshole that's been going after the, the state legislature guy, that Justin guy that you covered. 
and doing the anti-trans yeah. stuff. And, and Judd is mm -hmm. a ally to the community and he is doing it the way that he knows how, which is to take them down using their own words and their own criminal behavior. So shout out, go give, go support Judd, go support Testim and Rebecca over popular information, please. And support independent journalism. Don't forget. That would work, wouldn't it? Hey, all right. <clears throat> Our Substack. We have published a lot of stuff over at Substack. I'm sorry if I am overloading and flooding you with data and with posts and with emails. I'm sorry. I just have it poured out of me, man. Um, between the daily updates, the clips from How Do We Miss That? Because we send that out about 530 in the afternoon every day. Um, and then I've written a couple articles. I published one about the growth on Substack since Notes has started. And holy shit, it's been great. Um, we've had our first few far thousand. Not, far not, man. Yep, it is. But our first few thousand visitor days on Substack. Thank you to everybody who subscribed. IndieMedia.today Substack. We are still live on Telegram right now at t.me slash. Yeah, do that too. t.me slash IND left news. Uh, we're going to have um, Greg and Crab show. Alternative Angle will be tomorrow night on this channel because INN is still in the penalty box. Wednesday night, we will be doing INN news here on this channel. So check it out and subscribe to this channel for yeah. all the INN stuff. I don't know if we're going to do Jesse's show Tuesday night here. There is the possibility that that could happen. Um, check out Rumble all day, every day. We're streaming Rumble for hours on end, both here and on INN's channel. You we're are putting, fake news. Well, they are fake news, but we're putting Rumble videos... We're putting our clips on a loop and, and living them over at Rumble, and the view counts have been terrific. So I don't know if Rumble is pushing live. I have seen our thumbnail on the homepage of Rumble under the podcast when we're live. So it seems to be working. Yep. Hi, Rumble, if you're there. Rumble, what's up? Of course, it won't be because we're at the end of the show and I don't put this on clips. But, um, but if you're live on Rumble, hi, Rumble. You're not fake news, but you are fake news, and I love your fake views because it makes me feel good. But I wish we were getting some chats. I wish we were getting some super donations. We did just hit our 600th follower or subscriber over on the Rumble. So rumble.com slash C slash independent left news, all one word. And we're, again, content strike. But go sub to INN. We have not been able to put up any new content, but there is a ton of content there. Oh, <clears throat> one other thing. I did go on rockfin.com slash INN. I put up a video today or uh, yesterday of Joe doing the safe and effective. It wasn't really Joe, but he made yeah. a video safe and effective. It's about two and a half minutes. That's the video that got us our first content strike like 90 days ago on YouTube. And yeah. I realized that it was never up anywhere because Reef was looking for it and he didn't see it. So he's like, can we get that up to Rockfin? So it's up there now. It's exclusively on Rockfin. We did a Substack piece about it with, a link to it in there as well. So you go to indienewsnetwork.substack.com and you can see it there as well. INN. Oh, bitches. Yeah, baby. All right. Uh, I think I, I think we're good. Um, I think nice. uh, I, I think I'm here to say that this Great is success. That this is this is indie saying to always. As I said, thank you, love you all. Question everyone's motivations, and we'll see you next week for episode eighty. On Mother's Day. Keep listening to what little birds have to tell you. Good night, fam. Hi, fam.
Bye, have a great time. I think I liked it better being blind When I couldn't read between the lines When I couldn't see the cracks in the structure That lay bare before me the whole time I think I liked it better back when I Suspended disbelief and swallowed pride I thought I knew the difference in the red from the blue But they both bleed us so dry They both bleed us so dry My favorite songs don't hit the same way I get to the end of a four-minute track and I'm only looking back thinking, what did they actually say?